And so we went back to my parents' house. My parents quickly was just like, you know, swooped him up. We all had dinner with my sister and her husband. And he was just, I think, you know, he loved that family feeling. Yeah. And then... Nothing like a family feeling to get somebody into bed, am I right? Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. If you are looking for coaching, have questions, comments, reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Also, reach out to us on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast, where we have lots of good tidbits and thoughts and questions from listeners, etc. Okay, so for this week, I decided to uh, celebrate myself a little bit. You know what? That's good. Well, more celebrate the success of this podcast and what it has done for people, which makes me feel really good in my effort to change the face of the dating world. So I would like to read an email from an anonymous listener because, you know, I'll just say this episode is a lot about um, success in dating because we do talk a lot about the struggle and the challenge, which I think is important to acknowledge. But we also want to change our stories to something positive, and that means taking the time to focus on the positive and on the successes, whether it's I had one good date, I had three good dates, I had three good years, I had a great makeout, I went to a good restaurant, whatever it is, finding the positive in your experiences is just as important as dissecting the negative. So here we go. Hi, Dahlia, longtime listener, first time emailer. I'm a 23-year-old guy working in the film industry here in L.A., My only serious relationship was with a girl I dated for three and a half years in college, which ended in a very painful way two years ago. Since then, I've been taking my time to heal, work on myself through therapy, and focus on my career. When I finally felt like I was ready to start dating again, I was kind of at a loss. I had never been particularly good at dating, had never used the apps, and despite loving the comedy part of it, couldn't bring myself to talk to women at your All My Single Friends live events. Understandable. People get scared in real life. It's scary. Right about then, I found out about the Not Your Therapist podcast. Fast forward a few weeks later, and I'm spending half an hour a day on Hinge, my app of choice, sending messages to people with not quite reckless abandon, but a healthy amount of, hell, let's see how it goes, and actively letting the women I matched with know that I'd rather talk at the first date rather than spend lots of time texting back and forth. I went on dates with women of all shapes and sizes, including a 5'10 physics PhD student, which for a 5'4 guy who used to be pretty self-conscious about his height was really nice. Her and I ended up becoming friends instead of romantically involved, but it was a great way of helping me get over the height anxiety. I've now been dating a super cute post-production coordinator for a couple of months, and every week I learn things on the podcast that make our relationship stronger, more communicative, and I'm excited about wherever this is going. We just recently expressed that we want to be in an exclusive relationship with each other and are currently planning our first big trip to Big Bear Lake over the Labor Day weekend. So this was from a while ago. A big thank you to the Not Your Therapist podcast team, all the previous guests who've been on the show, and the countless folks who've written in with questions or comments. Y'all have helped me a lot, and these are lessons I hope to take with me for the long haul. Woohoo! I love this email, obviously, because I'm tooting my own horn. But also just because I do think it is so important to focus on the positive, whether or not this person turns into his wife, partner, whatever it is, that didn't take very long. It sounds like he 
was dating for a few months, but he really threw himself into it, was open to all kinds of different experiences, challenged himself with his own self-consciousness about his body and his height and who he could and couldn't date, went for it in a way that was scary. He pushed himself, but he also stayed within how he could feel comfortable and have fun with it. I, I get messages like this actually a lot that are like, because of you, I gave out my phone number. Because of you, I went on a second date, even though I didn't feel like it, and I got a makeout in, and now maybe I like the person. Or because of you, I'm dating someone shorter, and I'm actually enjoying it. So I think challenging ourselves and knowing that it can be fun, it can be an adventure, and no matter what happens, it's a success is really important. Whether this person ends up with this woman forever or not, this is a success. Getting to this point is a success. Having fun dating is a success. Every little moment is a success. And we need to call out those successes as much as we call out the ghosting and all that other stuff that's so fun to vent about. It's just as important to celebrate our successes, no matter how small and insignificant they seem. And just because a relationship doesn't last the rest of your life, it was still a success. If it taught you something about yourself, if you had a good moment, if you had a good time, if you learned you could be attracted to someone different than who you thought, if you learned you could actually find someone interesting to talk to on an app, whatever good came out of it was worth it. And it's always worth it if you're present for it and you take something away from the experience. So I wish this person the best of luck. But I also know just from his attitude that regardless of what happens with this particular girl, he is setting himself up for success and he will have many more successes to follow. Please send me any of your celebration success. I want to hear about those just as much as I want to hear about your particular challenges. Notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome. Um, I am here with such a treat of a guest. Going to be a little different this week. We've been having a lot of anonymous guests and a lot of guests who are like very open and wonderful, but we've been talking a lot about the challenge, the struggle of dating. Everyone kind of has their own story, their own struggle, and that has been really great to investigate. I thought it would be fun to have a guest this week who is not struggling with dating. In fact, probably the only person who enjoys dating as much as I do and who is only in a relationship because she found someone who is actually even better than how fun dating can be. And this will all make sense, but basically my dating soulmate and what else can I call you? Just like overall badass woman who is an inspiration to us all, not to mention stunningly attractive, sexy, the only person who worships Dan Savage as much as I do. And I think there's a direct correlation between that and your success at dating. Um, that's all I'll say. This is Sarah. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. So Sarah is a good friend of mine. We haven't actually known each other that long, but it feels like forever. I was really going to obsessively try and clean the house before you came over today. And then I was like, it's kind of like a family member's coming over. And I just know she's not going to judge me. No, not at all. And I'm, yeah, I feel this camaraderie with you. We've met in a past life. Yeah, we met in a past life. It might be because we're both short. It might be because we're both Jewish. It might be because we both have big hair. It might be because we both love dating and sex. Anything else? Um, and Dan, we, we call We love yeah, Dan. All we that. love Dan Savage. If you're not listening to Dan Savage, you're missing out. He's like, he's my guru. Personal. We went to Humpfest this we year. We went to Humpfest together. This is my first time going to Humpfest Amateur Porn Film Festival. Um, Sarah wanted to tell the story of how we met. I really didn't want her to, 
I feel like she's my Jewish mother who embarrasses me, but you can tell it. Go ahead. Well, it's just the minute that I fell in love with you. And, you know, it doesn't always happen where you, it's rare when you meet somebody and you immediately see them, or at least for me, and you just go, you. I want you. Yeah. And that's, and I can still remember like that whole you walking up to me and just saying, what do you want? (laughs) I was like, you. (laughs) I am going to make, I'm going to work really hard to be your friend. We knew nobody in common. We just happened to meet. And yeah, I had to go to a lot of your shows. I didn't have to. I wanted to. You wanted to. You always wanted to. I had such a great time. And I was also single at that time too. So As was I. I think, no, I think you were dating. You were already dating your boyfriend. And you were, I asked you about it. Okay, this is what happened. I was working at an unnamed electronic retail store that I used to work at before I was a blossoming coach. And for the great benefits. For the great benefits. That's why I worked there for the great benefits. Get you a job with good benefits. Um, and Sarah was a customer and she was working with someone else. And then she needed a discount that she wasn't supposed to get. And she said, Well, the person who was helping me said, I can't do that. And I said, well, then give me someone who can. (laughs) He was gone for about 10 minutes and then came back 10 minutes later with this sexy redhead. Oh, yeah. You say that like I could give you a discount because I had more power. But what you actually said was, give me someone who doesn't give a shit, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that was me. He knew exactly who to go to. (laughs) He came and found me. I didn't even really know him, but he knew me and he knew that I didn't give a shit. And I gave you a discount. Yeah. Because I could. And um, then we like talked for like an hour while I was at work because that's the kind of hard worker I am. And uh, I found out about your boyfriend. And we had this whole thing where you were like, well, since I get this free gift with my purchase, I should give it to him, but I really want to keep it for myself. And that's, I really love loved you in that moment too yeah but also he wasn't exactly my boyfriend just yet at that time I thought you had been together for like two years at that point well then we have to go back to the whole yeah, story let's of go us. back let's get there let's do it okay so I had just recently broken up with a significant relationship four years mm-hmm. and moved back to the United States and was new to the world of online dating and signed up to Bumble and had such a good time. Thank you. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we met there on Bumble. I was his first date after a five-year relationship. So he was like three months in, told me that. And I looked at him and said, you are going to have so much fun. I was about a few months ahead of him in terms of dating. And I was like, this whole new world is exciting. Um, you know, we can still hang out, but like you need to go and meet a lot of different women. I mean, I told him he should go fuck a bunch of different women and have a good time. And yeah, well, we can still continue to stay in touch. At that time, I also wasn't looking for another man to take care of. So did you feel like you wanted something more with him, but you knew he wasn't ready, so you were protecting yourself? Or were you like, I don't really feel with this guy, but like I'm going to kind of be his like mentors slash inspiration and tell him he's going to have fun on Bumble and he should go fuck a lot of women. So he was the my most favorite guy in my portfolio uh-huh. that I was dating <laughs> at that time. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a skill. We talked about that, diversifying your portfolio mm-hmm. when you're dating. Mm-hmm. And 
off the bat, I knew there was something special about us, about him. I kept dra- gravitating towards him. But how many dates did you go on at this point? Like with him? Uh, we continued to date. We were getting to know each other and hanging out for about five months. Oh, wow. And then he helped me put a project together. But you weren't seeing each other exclusively at that point. Because no. you were like, go date a bunch of people, have fun. And was he dating a bunch yeah. of people? Like, it was hard because I would see that he would leave my house and then like open Bumble and then like the location changed. <gasps> oh, I didn't know you were such a stalker. And it would crush me. Oh my God, that's good to know, actually. Because sometimes I'm like, you are too strong. <laughs> no, I mean, I just like kept it deep down inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like, that's cool, that's cool. I can see that. Because also like, Sarah is a very prideful woman and like has her shit together, especially on the outside, who knows about the inside. But like, you are someone who really prides yourself on being like progressive and understanding of these things. So I can see you wanting to present that. Even if that isn't totally the way you were feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think you can agree as a fellow anxious Jewish woman Mm -hmm. is that the more information you have, the better you are at, um, you know, keeping that in check and being able to uh, work around that. And so knowing where he was at was like, okay, you know, keep my emotions where they are. Let's not get too invested. Let's keep dating as well at the same time. Like he, like I told him on his first date, he has to do this. He has to go from like a we back to an I, get to know himself. And and that's also not where I'm at. And I love that. I think it's so easy to jump from one relationship to the next. It feels so good. But then you will find if you haven't resolved your issues from the other one or if you haven't had enough time to kind of find your footing again on your own, that stuff will come up in the new relationship and it'll probably ruin what could have been a good relationship. So I think that was really, really smart of you. Can you talk a little bit about the concept of diversifying your portfolio? Sure. As the, <laughs> as the dating guru that you are to me. So I believe that there should be, you know, one a fuck boy, basically. So a man that you, or a person that you like a lot more, one that likes you a lot more, one that's just great in bed, and um, one that's, I mean, these are What's the difference between three. the fuck boy and the one who's just great in bed? That's the fuck boy. I okay. just realized I was sure, like sure, going sure. through it. Sure. So, and there's at least one of each of these that you were dating all at the same time? Uh, in different combinations as it was. Like none of them were like, you know, some would carry on for a few weeks, some would come in between those, a um, few at the same time. Yeah, but... And the idea behind this is you have to date one of each of those before you're allowed to get into a relationship or you have, or you, like, what is the, what's the goal? Like, to help, what are you aiming for? Well, okay, so if there's one that you're really into, but maybe who doesn't feel the same way back at you, mm-hmm. then you also at the same time have one that feel, is really interested in you and you're not that same way back at them. Got it. So you can help, like, rationalize at the same time saying, okay, well, you know, so-and-so is really interested in me. They're great. I can't take it personally that I don't, I'm not that way against them. Right. And so being able to take that same explanation back for the person that you're interested in more. Mm-hmm. The other one is just great and bad, but you know is not going to be a great relationship. So there's that. You just have fun together. And then throw in whatever else that you would like at the same time. So you were always dating more than one person when you were online dating. How long did you online date for total before you and your boyfriend like really settled in? So we were hanging out for about six months. He helped me do a work project. We decided that actually within those couple hours that were very stressful, it wouldn't work out between us. We needed to take a break. 
Um, and I think also he was seeing somebody else at that point that he was more interested in that wasn't as interested in him. Interesting. Okay. And would you say you were more interested in him than he was interested in you? At Maybe. The time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't at that point. He didn't get it yet. He didn't get what he had on his hands. No, no. And I would always tell him, like, you have no idea. <laughs> now, now he gets it. I just love your swagger. I love your confidence <laughs> at swagger. It's, I can see it from a mile away and it's so good. Okay, go on. So we decided to go our separate ways. And two minutes after driving in our separate cars, I called him and go, so should we have some closure? And which is just so ridiculous because we weren't even like it was just a few months of dating. Yeah. But I just liked him as a person. Well, but I'll say about that too. And I say this to my clients a lot that they'll be like, they'll go on four or five dates with a person or date for a couple of months and then feel like they, if it ends, like they don't have a right to feel like a relationship ended or they don't have a right to be sad or to treat it the same way as if an official relationship had ended. And I, always encourage people to give yourself the gift of that was a relationship and you do get to mourn it and treat it as such. Because like, what do we have if we don't have that? Things only count if we get married? No. You know, as Dan says, it's not only a relationship. It's not only a success if you die holding hands. Like there are many other ways to have a successful relationship. Three dates to me is a relationship. You had a relationship with the person. So if it stops, take a moment. You're allowed. And the beauty of short-term relationships, and also what Dan tells us, is that all relationships end until one doesn't because someone dies. Right. Great. <laughs> On the same page. Okay, so you called him and you were like, should we get closure? Yeah, because I'm a crazy nut. But really, you were doing it just because like, you wanted to talk to him again. You wanted more attention. Just like of how silly that whole thing, like everything that it was. And, and then I was also very grateful for him helping me to put this package together and applying to this new job. Mm-hmm. And then wanted to follow up and let him know how the job was going. We continued to have conversations and we're continuing to be friends. I had said to him on our first date, he is half Jewish mm-hmm. that, um, and he said that his favorite holiday is Passover, mm. the worst holiday. I but like Passover. Really? I don't like it? No. I'm like over Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah is such a bullshit holiday. I mean, Passover is just so long. Yeah. But you just get to eat this delicious meal with all these people and the songs. I like the tradition. The first time I ever got drunk, I was nine years old and me and my friend Bree got drunk on Manischewitz wine at Passover. <laughs> It's a good memory. Anyways, okay. So, so he, he has fond memories of Passover. And I said, well, if I still know you come Passover, you can have it with my family. And we had decided to no longer be intimate just before, about a month before Passover. But because we were still in touch mm-hmm. and having conversations about the new job I started, which I did get the job, um, I said, well, do you want to come to Passover? And he did. And he came as just my friend. Um, I tried to sleep with him that night. He wouldn't sleep with me after Passover. And he was adamant about us staying platonic and just being friends. And so we did for the next six months after that. We would hang out, do artsy things. He's my favorite person to look at art with. I love how his mind works. And so we continue to do that and talk about dating other people to each other. Um, Were you still harboring feelings or had you really Oh, no, I wrote them off. I was like, there's no Wow. Okay, that's good. Yes. I have mixed feelings about people staying friends with exes because I'm always like, you know, first of all, why did they get to be your friend if they couldn't date you? And also, 
you know, for a lot of people, it would then prevent them from being able to really seriously date someone else or consider dating someone else if they have this person at the front of their mind. But that didn't happen for you. No, and I also think that part of having the, like, diversifying the portfolio was I never got that invested. Like, I liked him. Mm -hmm. I liked him, you know, the most of men I had met, but also at the same time, like we talked about, I loved dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Loved being single. Um, I love the freedom. I love the newness of meeting somebody, getting to know somebody, all of those feelings. Yeah. And yeah, so I wasn't, I mean, I could, I could live with myself. It was fine. Yes, totally. And we were friends and it was, yeah. So I had written him off and we talk about that too and joke about that. And then he is a furniture designer and I were, oh, had a list of things that I wanted him to teach me to do, that I wanted to get out of our friendship. I love this. So <laughs> <laughs> always something in it for you. You're like, I have a list and you're going to fulfill it. Yeah, Like exactly. about furniture? Well, I wanted to learn how to shoot a gun. Wow. I wanted to learn how to drive stick. And I wanted to build a piece of furniture. Why was he, why, why him? Why out of, from him? Because he, well, he could tick all of those boxes. There are other things I wanted to learn to do that other men or other people were able to, this like... This is great. I think this is great. Everyone should know. This is what I always say, is that, like, when you go on a date, yeah, it might be your husband, wife, whatever, forever. Might be your friend. Might be the person to teach you how to shoot a gun and drive stick. Like... You, I like how you had an idea of what you could get out of every situation, whether or not it was a long-term relationship. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if those necessarily makes me look like a great person. I think you're a fantastic person. But like, I love this. Whatever makes it worthwhile for you, whatever makes it fun for you. Like people, you're kind of extroverted and you, as me, like to meet new people and have these experiences. But for people who don't love just the idea of that, I love that there could be something else they could be in it for, you know? So he drives a stick. His car's a stick. So I was like, great, easy, done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't have a feelings about guns, but I was like, it's important that I should know how to use one in case the situation comes where I do need to use one. I would watch you shoot a gun. Uh, thanks. It would be very hot. His I could do. Like he has like a smaller one that our hands could hold. Wow. But, you know. I don't want to hold but, a gun. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't trust and, myself. And he would hold back where he was saying, you know, that he wouldn't necessarily want to teach me all these things because he knew or he would say that as soon as I had, you know, learned all of them, I would be done with him. Yes, exactly. Of course. Right. So he <laughs> shrunk it. But then, so about uh, just so a year. So you came up with these things once you were just friends with him? Yeah. Yeah. You were like, okay, well, if we're going to be friends, what am I going to get out of this? Well, as I learned more about who he was, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that he drove a stick, I was like, well, I always wanted to learn to drive stick. Yeah. And then learning more about him, there's different elements that I decided to add onto the list. Yeah. So. What I love about that too is sometimes people will agree to stay friends, but I feel like the other person is getting everything out of it. And they're getting to have you as a friend, just but not having to commit romantically or intimately or anything like that. And I just really like how you took up for yourself. And you were like, no, no, I'm going to get something out of this too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of skills that he has. Yeah, But then sure. I always, for me, it was like, well, what is he getting out of this? He's getting you. No question. Yes. But then he also became friends with my friends at the mm-hmm. same time. And he very much likes my group of guy friends mm-hmm. who, yeah. 
took him in and so and he likes my family a lot and it would always be an insecurity of mine in our relationship now not so much but I would say you know that I in jumping ahead that you're with me for my friends and my family wow more than just for me but that's that's another more (laughs) where we are now (laughs) so then he said okay we'll design whatever it is that you want to design and we'll build it and I designed a chair that I wanted to make and he was just so sexy making this chair and then that was it we we built it and uh took me home and looked at him and was just like yeah it's on and then from there we just started to continue to hang out um no definition no labels we weren't monogamous we would just we were just dating it was really confusing for our friends and family. How did you get him to sleep with you at that point? Because he had said no before. Yeah, he just wanted to be friends. I think there was just something that came about that was triggered that day when we were like building this chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mean, if I'm going to really go deep into the story, Please. after we finished the chair, I was like, oh, I really want to show my dad the chair that we made um, because my dad's a builder. And so we went back to my parents' house my parents quickly was just like, you know, swooped him up. We all had dinner with my sister and her husband. And he was just, I think, you know, he loved that family feeling. Yeah. And then... Nothing like a family feeling to get somebody into bed, am yeah. I right? Well, for my boyfriend especially. <laughs> <laughs> but what I also like about this is, you know, I tell people all the time, especially my stronger female clients who are like, you know, I intimidate men and whatever, to sit back and let the man do something for you. And let them, you know, and I don't like to talk too gendered, but I will right now just because that's what, what we're talking about. Um, letting them complete a project or pick the restaurant or order for you or whatever it is, it gives them a sense of accomplishment and a sense of manliness. And that's sexy to them. And they're like, who made me feel sexy? Oh, this woman. And it just builds this immediate attraction when you can let someone do something for you. Yeah. And it is, it's hard for me. There are, I yeah. mean, things that are easy for him to do that he will. But then sometimes it's like, I also want to help carry a bag of groceries because he's Why? the kind of person who will hold like eight of them. Great. I, I should let just him. let him you do should that. Let him. I should. You should. But I just, you know, I want to show him like I can also, because he's somebody who doesn't let other people help him and he takes a lot on his plate. So I want to be that person for him that doesn't add more to his plate, that helps him. That's nice. But it, also if that's who he is and that's what he likes to do, you should let him do it. Yeah, I mean, we do have, you know, and we've talked about this defined gender roles where mm-hmm. he, we get, if we're driving somewhere, he just automatically will drive. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of ordering, for the most part, like, he'll order. I mean, I'll tell him what I want. Yeah, that would surprise me. If yeah. He, <laughs> I can't sorry. imagine you <laughs> letting someone else order for you. <laughs> I mean, I always feel like I'm in very capable hands when I hang out with you. I'm such a, like, type B if anyone else wants to do it, I'm down kind of person. Like I just, you could just put me in a car. I won't ask where we're going. Like I just go along with it. If that makes me lazy, then I'm lazy. But I like to think that it's just like what I contribute is I go along with things. Yeah. <laughs> You're easy. I'm easy. I'm never going to complain. I really don't. I'm not. I mean, like I'm just like, true. cool. Like 
Let's do it. Whenever you want it, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Like Matt and I recently, you know, we went on this trip and we we were planning and we were like, we want to go on a trip for a couple of days. And he was like, okay, do you want to like pick where we go? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, here's five options from Airbnb. Do you want to pick which one? And I was like, I don't want to. And he was like, well, I thought you'd want to feel like you were part of the planning. I was like, nope, just tell me where we're going, which may have been annoying to him, but that's what I offer. But would you want him to surprise you with a trip? Totally. Where he just says, hey, you've like, I packed a bag for you and we're going. Yeah, but that'll never happen. Oh, but you would want that. I would be down with that, but I also just like, he wouldn't know how to pack a bag for me because like that for me is like don't don't, don't do that don't do why that. well I want to like, like to not have control I don't like surprises why not I, that's part of like my whole I want to just I'm, I'm okay with what's going on if I know what's going on I just need to know what's happening and then I can be like okay I'm on board interesting but, yeah you can't just like give me a plane ticket and say I booked you for this day why not and like pick me up and let's go. I just, that's not how, that doesn't, that's not fun for me. I'm like, well, wait, what if I had this in plan? Like, what if I wanted to get a wax beforehand? Like, Mm. what if I wanted to just do these things? It's like, no. Would you be okay with a surprise like a week out? They're like, in a week? Yeah, okay. A week I could do. Okay. Yeah. Just not, don't spring it on me and say we're leaving tomorrow. I think you and I would make a really good couple. Yeah. You, I would just let you plan everything. (laughs) (laughs) You and come I'd be like, up. okay. And I'd give you so much affection. I'm the most affectionate person. Yeah. I know and you like that. Conversation too. Yeah, it would be it so would just, great. Yeah. It's okay. Fuck these guys. No, just kidding. Um, okay. So then you guys dated for six months, but it was still not exclusive. So more than six months. So then we picked back up. It was like November. And then my sister was getting married. And you never had the instinct to be like, what are we? Are we exclusive? What's going on? You just went with the flow. Were you sitting on that instinct or were you having regular conversations or like what was happening? Well, we had, our relationship was a little like abrasive in the beginning. How so? Where it wasn't that meet each other and was just like, this is it. We're three dates in and this is my boyfriend. He's moving in and he's so wonderful we didn't have that new relationship energy. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that, and that was always, that had been a problem for me, not so much for him, but not having like these lovey-dovey beginning feelings. And What so, did it feel like? It was always a struggle. It was just a struggle for us to like get on the same page. It was like, and to get over ourselves and like the, principi- like the principles and like just be like, yeah, we like each other. So what made you hang in there? Because generally, I got to say, like your relationship, at least so far, the story kind of defies a lot of things that I say about relationships and how they should go. And of course, I always say like there's an exception to everything, but I'm usually like it should be easy in the beginning. It should be fun in the beginning. It shouldn't be confusing. It shouldn't be a lot of back and forth. It shouldn't be a big friend zone moment. But you guys kind of did all of that. Yeah. And what made you and you stick would with tell it? me in the meantime too, as that was going, where you know everyone would be like, no, he's so great. Like stick with it. Like he's great. Like it doesn't always have to be like and because people who had known him and seen us would still, you know push push more towards it Mm -hmm. um it was a lot of like one it was circumstantial in the sense that like 
I I don't know about him. I can't necessarily say for him, but for me, I had a lot of one foot in, one foot out. And it took a long time for me to be fully two feet in. Is that because of things about him or because you were enjoying dating so much? It was both. Mm -hmm. And it was how our relationship was. Like he, where I would say like, he doesn't make me laugh. Now he makes me laugh all the time. Now I love that because I hear from people a lot too well, but they don't make me laugh or like I need, that's so important that they make me laugh. And I'm often like that won't necessarily happen on a first date, second date, third date, two months in because a big part of someone making you laugh is building a shared sense of humor and a shared language over time. And that's why the longer you're with someone in a good relationship, the more you make each other laugh. So he, okay, so what happened was he in the whole details of our story. So we would keep hanging out. My sister had said, you know, if he doesn't become, if you don't call him your boyfriend by July, then he can't come to my wedding. And like set all these rules about it. And your sister. Yeah. And you took that? You allowed that? Well, I was just like, okay, well, first of all, that's fine. Like if he doesn't come, Mm -hmm. but also like, I like the guy too. And so there was these parameters. And then, you know, where she would say like, he can't because she works in PR. She, he can't have the discounts to these brands that I represent unless he's your boyfriend. <laughs> she really liked the guy. <laughs> so what an LA uh, thing to do. <laughs> and so I went out of town one weekend and he stayed in town with some of my guy friends, ended up doing some drugs all night, talking a bunch of shit, and then called me the next morning and said that he wanted to be with me. And wow. Do you think your guy friends like gave him a talking to? Yeah, Definitely. And so I was like, you had to do a whole bunch of drugs with so-and-so, with my friends, to decide that you want to be with me? Like, fuck this. Mm. And so that was the push and pull and the tug where we just couldn't get on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then... But there was something still both keeping you in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Where you couldn't shake each other off. Right. But it wasn't... It wasn't easy. And we'd have a good time together, but then we just... There were just some things where we couldn't, like, align. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't get each other's sense of humor quite yet, and sometimes we would, and so it wasn't, like, this simpatico. Have you had the experience of dating someone that was the, like, new relationship energy, everything is perfect, totally simpatico, like, locked in from the get-go? Have you had that? Yeah. And was that, that was your four-year relationship, I'm assuming? That was one right before. There was also a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was like my first very significant, heavy, you know, first love mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I was young. Yes, like, exactly. So things are so different. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, knowing you not that long, but I feel well, I wouldn't call you a difficult person, but I would call you like a specific person yeah like you're very specific in your wants and needs you know exactly who you are you know what you want you know what you need you're not afraid to speak up for it all really great stuff not stuff that naturally lends itself to this kind of falling into this magical love land right away and it's true as we get older too we become less like everything you say is magic and like the streets are aflame with roses like we just we're like 
I see who you are. And it's much more of a negotiation. It's much more of like accepting that whoever you're going to be with has baggage, has bad habits, has things. And you have to decide if those things can match up with yours. And the giddy kind of shared sense of humor and obsession actually builds over time, I think, when you have more of a specific idea of who you are and what you want rather than thinking everything's perfect and then slowly chipping away at it. I think the opposite can happen. But I would say with you, like, it doesn't surprise me that it it wasn't like that. And I don't think that's an indicator in your case of like you guys not being a good match. I just think you are the kind of person that is going to be a little more challenging because you're not such a go with the flow person. You do know who you are and you're going to ask for it every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, so I'm the first Jewish woman he's ever dated Mm -hmm. and it's very different from him, like in sharing than his previous relationships in exactly what you said. I tell him exactly what I want and there's no like uh, questioning or it's not passive in that way. So he can't just take complete control. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on top of that, I very much take care of him. And so for that, he wasn't used to somebody taking care of him as much. He was always like the person who was taking care. And so I think that was for him an attractive part about it. Yeah. I wonder if what kept you both fighting for it, even though it wasn't easy, was that somewhere deep down you both knew each other were like what you needed. Like you were the lesson that each other needed to learn but it was like struggling through it, you know? There was a feeling inside. I mean, you know, we weren't that relationship where someone goes, I knew right off the bat. Right. But there was something that kept me questioning and wanting to pursue it longer Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of it for both of us. And during this time, no one else that you were seeing or dating from the apps or anything else took your attention as much or made you consider a relationship with them? So here was another part about it. In getting back together that second time, I also had some surgery. And so I wasn't able to drink and I had to put a pause on dating for Mm -hmm. a minute. And I felt comfortable with him. So it was just me and him at that part when I was healing. Mm. And the way he had taken care of me when I was very vulnerable, and it's hard for me to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and to let somebody come in and take care of me, very much added to that where I was like, okay, there's something about him I want to keep around. He knows the side of me. He sees the side of me and I appreciate him yeah. for that. And even though we had our struggle still, it was also another part of it, of it was that there was an addiction of online dating too, where it was like, mm. you know, the bigger, better deal. Yeah, what totally. might come around the next corner? And it, it's an, it's addicting. And so for us, not most people hate it, which I do not understand. And I'm trying to wrap my head around. I mean, it was fun, right? Yeah. It's like opening up a drawer. It's like, what's in that drawer? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Going to a new place and like walking around and seeing what's in that room. Can we pause for a minute on your relationship story, which I want to come back to, but I want to get a little bit into this online dating thing because I, you are like the first person I ever met that I was like, this person gets it the same way I do. And I, this is not to shame anyone for not enjoying online dating. I know it's not a normal thing. I think I'm kind of a freak that like I was born with this enjoyment of it and love of it. And I think you were too. And can you just speak, you were also the first person, I've talked about you on the show before, who 
introduce the idea of FaceTiming with your dates before going on the date to make sure you weren't going to waste your time or be mad that you took your evening to meet someone you weren't into. I've told people to at least do a phone call, but you were like very religious about the FaceTime. Yeah, I want to see their nonverbal cues. I want to see how fast it is it takes them to answer back. I also want to see what they actually like look like beyond a photograph Mm -hmm. um, and see if that chemistry could come through. There were times where I would FaceTime a guy and if I wasn't feeling it, I would say, oops, hold on, I've got a call coming. And then be put them on hold for a minute and come back and say, sorry about that. And then be like, listen, by the way, also, I'm not necessarily feeling a connection. And, you know, I wish you the best and leave it at that. But there would be stages that I would take from, you know, swiping, saying yes, starting a conversation, seeing how engaging they were, how fun they were. And then being like, okay, if you were actually fun and smart and interesting, here's my number. Here's my number. Then we text a little bit more. And then FaceTime. Also, how quick they were to actually make a plan to set up Mm -hmm. a date. Not being so quick, but like once you got to my number stage, like what kind of date did you come up with? Like were you just boring and saying, and dinner's not necessarily boring, but like did you just go to that or did you have an actual activity in mind? Mm -hmm. So you like an activity for a first date. Because I'm not much of a drinker. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not a drinker at all. And so that would be another thing where it's like, well, if I'm going to go on a date and I'm going to have a drink, like I really want this person to be somebody who's fun to have a drink with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for Corey and Maya's first date, we went to Frederick Weissman's house, who's this like art collector who died and gave his house to the city of Beverly Hills. And we did that in the middle of the afternoon on Friday. And was that his idea? That was mine. Of course. I gave him like three things. <laughs> <laughs> so how often did you let it be their idea? And how often were you like, here's some things that I like to do? Um, I mean, here are some things I like to do and now run with it and see what you can do. So I gave him some things that I like to do. And then he went ahead and made, took the initiative to organize that, which I appreciated. So did you do that with most of your dates? Was like put out there what you wanted? Yeah. See, I love that. You didn't mention that at first, but I encourage people a lot to speak up. Speak up for what you want and don't be shy about it. If you can give the person an advantage going in of like knowing that they did something good, they chose something you wanted Already, they feel better, you feel better, everyone feels better. You could have had a million guys being like, I'm going to take you for a drink. Let's go for a drink. You don't like to drink. So by saying, these are the things I like to do. Now you make a choice. People love an assignment. Human beings love being told what to do. They love direction. They love an assignment. You gave them multiple choice, so they still got to feel some agency. But overall, you were giving them a lifeline. You were helping them out. Yeah, and Guys really like that. They appreciate it because it's like, imagine they're dating all of these women at the same time too. That's a lot of pressure to keep thinking of a new place to go, a Mm -hmm. new restaurant to go to, drinks. It's like, here's a woman who actually says like, here are things that I like. It, It takes the pressure off their plate. Totally. And if that's not the kind of person that they are, then you know when they know Right from the beginning. Right. That's not it. Yeah. Uh, How did they respond to the FaceTime thing a lot of times? Um, It was, it's definitely a power move. Mm -hmm. But then again, I like a power move. Right. Um, You're a powerful woman. So some of them, there were times where some of them, I mean, most of them didn't necessarily want to do that. Some of them just jump on and I'm like, yeah, this, this is fun. And some of them you have to like, you know, explain why you want to do it. And I always say it's Stevie Wonder's preferred method of communication, which it is his preferred method. FaceTime? (laughs) What? I love that. When you see Stevie Wonder's like call people, he actually FaceTimes them, 
which makes sense when you actually think about it, like why he would do that. Why? But well, because you know, being blind, it's like then somebody around him can also let him know about what other things are going around. Oh, I would okay. think that would be the answer. Mm. Interesting. But, yeah. So you would say that as a way of selling the FaceTime to people. Yeah, and kind of like a icebreaker in mm-hmm. that. And and I FaceTime Corey before we had our date. And so And Corey is your current boyfriend. Yeah. People who missed it. <laughs> and so it was fun. It's fun to do that. And if you don't do that for me, it, it's an indication of like who this person is. Mm-hmm. And not so much that they won't, you know, get on board with what I want, but it's like, well, you're not that fun then. Because right. like what do you have to hide that you won't FaceTime? Right. Like you're a dude. Come on. What would you talk about? How would you start it off? Because I know some people are like, well, that's weird. Like, what do I I FaceTime and them just like, hey, how are you? Like what what would you, what were, in general, how would you kind of start off the conversation? Well, I mean, I could talk to a wall. Right, Just totally. like you. Yeah. So <laughs> I would be like, hey, good to see you. Yeah. And then from there, pick up on whatever is around their environment or talk about the day or just actually have a face-to-face, screen-to-screen conversation yeah. with, with someone. And what I will say about text. you, too, is you are very powerful, very intense, um, <laughs> very intense, but also espresso. you always like, it's with a smile, you know, and not in like a cheesy way, but it's not, it's not intense. Like I'm looking for things to not like about you. It's intense. Like I'm looking for things to like about you. Yeah. I am interested in you as a person, whether you are my romantic person or my friend person or someone who's going to date my friend. Cause I could see you doing that too. Um, you are a person who's automatically looking for the good in someone or at least looking for what is interesting and unique about this person. What can you learn from them? What can you take away from the conversation, whether or not you're going to end up on a date or romantically involved? And I think that's a beautiful quality. And I think a lot of people would be served to go into their dates or into their conversations with that in mind. of Like, what can I learn here? What can I learn about this person? How is this person different? Something's got to be interesting about them instead of going in like, okay, how are you going to disappoint me? Yeah, I mean, thanks for the ego boost. Of course. It's great. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it, where it's like, I always want to learn. I always want to know the why, and I, um, I want to be with somebody who's smarter than I am, so they can always teach me. Uh, and it's funny that you should say that, because I went on multiple dates with men where I go, this isn't right for me, but I know somebody who's right for you, or is, you know, more right than suitable than I am. And I would then immediately set them up. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love my that sister. so much. I even did that a few times. Well, and what I love about that is not only is it good dating karma for you, but it's also, um, it allows you to go into the date, like I said, looking for something to like or connect with about them. Even if it's like we're tricking ourselves into going on the date with the mindset of, okay, even if I don't like them, who would like them? Or like, who could I set them up with? If you go in, I wonder, if you go in with that question in your mind, if that would make you look at them in a different way and give them a chance in a way you might not, if you're only sitting there going, are you right for me? And nothing is personal. Right. Like, you can't take everything like, oh, now I'm bruised. And it's, I heard this no. like quote once and it has always stuck with me where it's like, if you get a flat tire, it's not like you go around and then like slash the other tires. No, you fix that and move on. Mm. And in that case, it goes like, if you meet somebody and they don't like you, you just have to remember like the people that you didn't necessarily feel that connection with. 
And I go, well, that's just not what you're looking for. And it's right. statistics. It's a numbers game. Like, yes. Thank you. <laughs> there's so all the time. And there's so many people out there. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you can't just give up or write it out and, you know, get bruised about it. You go, okay, well, that didn't work. Like, what can I take from that? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what added to it? What did I learn? What was fun? And then apply that on the next time. Well, and I also love that you don't shrink away from who you are as a person in an effort to appeal to more people. Like you are you so specifically and wholeheartedly that if someone is going to be into you, they're going to be into you. And if someone's not, they're definitely not. But you're right. It's not, it is personal in the sense like, yeah, they're not into you, but it's not personal in the sense like that makes you bad or a loser or not whatever enough for this person. It's just like you don't shrink away from who you are. And from the moment you start talking to them on the apps, you were like, this is who I am because this is what I like. And I'm going to request a FaceTime because that's who I am. Every step of the way, you are who you are. And so they just had to either say yes or no, but you didn't take it personally. You were just like, cool, we figured out you're not the match for me. Maybe you're the right match for my friend. Or maybe you're my friend or whatever it is. Or maybe, you know, we're okay to like have a few nights where we sleep together and have fun, but that's as far as this is going to go. Yes. In that way. Um, Yeah, I'm a strong flavor. Yeah. That's for sure. (laughs) And you don't shriek away. And I think that's great. I think some people really want to be nice and accommodating and cool and laid back and that's fine, but you're not really helping anyone and they're going to figure out who you are eventually. Well, you only have one life. Like, why not live the one? And and like living is so wonderful. So why not live your best life and do everything that you can to create that environment Mm -hmm. for yourself? Mm -hmm. And that includes especially the teammate, the person that you have who's going to be by your side. Right. So off the bat, they should know who you are. Right. And if that's not what they want, then you both need to do each other the service of saying, okay, well then you should find who's best for you. And I should be with somebody who wants to be the right person knowing all of my colors. Right. And um, when you would start these conversations, what would you start Never with? Never say usually? hi. Never say hi. What would you say? I would, I mean, I... I oh, and I tell this to my friends who are also, you know, doing dating, and mm-hmm. I would like to start conversations for them and mm-hmm. be that person. Mm-hmm. You never do a wave and a high. That's so boring. Yes, agreed. Pick up something that's interesting in the summary. Pick up something that's like a detail with one in their photographs. Or also, men like to be objectified. Yes, I say that all the time. My whole thing was always just nice face because I'm like, men don't get that many compliments on their physicality. They don't get objectified very often. It's very novel to them. They might hate it, but then they're the wrong person for you. And... Throw something out there. Give them a compliment. I love when men get haircuts. It's so noticeable. Just like that half inch. Mm-hmm. And it throws them off. And so I'll always say a man that I know that I see, oh, nice haircut. Mm-hmm. And they blush and get shy. And I find enjoyment in <laughs> doing that to them. I love both of our enjoyment in objectifying men. And it's another thing on a date, too. I'm like, they don't get to hear that often that they're attractive or that they look sexy or that they smell good. And I will totally or would totally 
disarm them by doing that because they're not used to it. That's also a love language of ours is verbal affirmation. Sure, sure. And so that's added into it. I think also if you're going to go with the haircut thing, it's funny to say nice haircut to somebody because it's like it's a stationary photograph. How, <laughs> how would you even know? <laughs> that's great. That. Well, what would you say, just some tips for like our male identifying listeners when a guy would start a conversation with you or did that never happen because you were only on Bumble? Um, what would you find attractive in the way a guy would speak to you? I would find attractive someone who's confident, who's assertive, who also doesn't like take himself too seriously mm-hmm. um, and in this way also isn't so basic in their approach. Yeah. Uh, if you just come up right off the bat and say, you know, uh, and, uh, that you're attractive, like objectify me as a woman, that's not how I want to be mm-hmm. approached. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to point out something that was interesting or like within the environment Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're at a grocery store, a conversation of like, oh, have you had this cereal before? And then we can continue a conversation from there. Sure. If I'm not interested, you know, off the bat, I'm not going to be interested and we'll walk away. What I also like about your many techniques of being super specific and saying what you want and what you like and what you need is in a world where people have so much choice and so many there's always better 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 more 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 options for them you're gonna stick out they're gonna remember you even if it's like you said a strong flavor it's a flavor that sticks with them so when they're like who did I who was I talking to today like three girls that said oh we could get a drink and one girl who said these are the three art places I like to go like which one are they gonna remember and I think that's a good thing yeah I mean it's definitely wasn't for no, of course. All men. But you don't want to be for all men. You don't have to be for all men. No, and there was a lot of times, don't get me wrong, where we'd only have like one or two dates and they realized early on, like, this, I am too many flavors for them. <laughs> they don't want. Too much. Yeah. Did you experience ghosting? Did you experience any yes. kind of that behavior? Oh, and of how course. did you handle it? Of course, because not everybody is as direct as I am to just say, hey, I didn't feel a connection. Sure. I wish you the best of luck. Mm-hmm. Especially men don't want to have that confrontation. Right. And so that would happen. Uh, you know, you, I would get the hint early on. I'm also, you know, would play that game too of saying, I'm going to wait a few days or a few hours and see if they're going to call me back or text me and how that's going to play out after date one or two. Um, and, you know, wouldn't hear back from a man. Or there were times, you know, where I had slept with them on the first date and had that situation then didn't hear back and how I, you know, digested that. Like, okay, well, a lot of men don't want that. They don't want to see another woman after their first date. Well, what does that look like? How does that react? How does that make me feel? It didn't stop me from continuing to (laughs) do that. But that's a a question I have because I hear a lot and I, I can't help but feel this way sometimes that it's just getting worse and worse and there's this culture of ghosting and there's this culture of, I mean, now there's a term for literally everything that people do, benching, ghosting, breadcrumbing, caspering, like cockroaching, Casper's friendly ghosting. So that's when they text you occasionally here and there, but they never ask you out again. Like there's countless terms. There's literally a term for everything. And I'm like, is it because that's happening more or is because we're talking about it more and it's more prevalent on like social media to vent about it and talk about it and name it and now that we have a name for it we feel like it's happening everywhere but was it happening just as much before we just didn't have a name for it we're just I mean how I thought of it 
I never really thought of it as being ghosted. I was just like, oh, they weren't into me. Or like, oh, that's not my guy. Like, I never kind of created this story of yeah, we didn't I've gotten ghosted word. three times in the last three months. Or like, this person is breadcrumbing me or this person is... I know they're like I never it just never occurred like I just thought of it as like just churning through the masses you know I was just like going on another one okay not that one like and yeah occasionally we would be texting after a date and then I would never hear from them again or I would sleep with someone and never hear from them again I never really named it or like turned it into a story for myself and that's not because like I think I'm so great but I do think you and I have a special skill of not totally taking things personally and actually having fun with it that I think other people can do. I'm just trying to like be the person fighting against all of this terminology, not actually helping things, but making everything into a syndrome or like a named problem. I don't think that's necessarily helping anything. No, I think there's so many things that you touched upon. I mean, I, I do remember when we were like dating and single around that time that there wasn't Which was that like word. two years ago, not like Yeah, but there wasn't ghosting. Wasn't yeah. That wasn't a term. You're right. That it we, happened all the time. Yeah. But it, we weren't like, well, got ghosted again, social media. Let me talk about it here. Like we all, yes, want to share our experiences, I guess, and like relate and vent, but I just think it creates a negative feedback loop of other people being like, me too, I was ghosted too. And like, once we start naming the thing over and over, it almost becomes too appealing to create a story around it. We definitely created like a victim fragile society. Um, I was watching, you know, Bill Maher last night actually, and this woman who was on, it was so interesting saying that like feminism today, we've become these like fainting women who can't handle Mm. being around men or when men saying certain things, it's like, ooh, poor me. Yeah. And I found that really interesting in Mm -hmm. seeing that. So I think there's a touch about that. And I also think that everything being so digital and anonymous these days allows us to be so non-confrontational and ignore one each other and be isolated because, oh, well, I don't have to deal with that. I'm never going to see them again. They live, you know, west of the 405. But that has happened since the beginning of time, maybe not in the same volume because you couldn't reach as many people without the apps. But as I've talked about before, like when it used to be that a person came and called at your house and like waited in your parlor room for you, sometimes they would only come once and then they would not be interested in marrying you so they wouldn't come again. Or like, you know, it's like that of this is how we figure out who we want to be with. And I think at the same time that it's become um, non-confrontational, you know, this kind of avoidance thing of honesty, it's also somehow at the same time become intensely personal when someone doesn't call you again. And I'm like, how do we manage to be both non-confrontational and like not real with each other, but also take this person that we met one, two or three times like, oh my God, them not calling me again just ruins my life. Or I gotta like, know is why. a horrible person. Yeah, I gotta know why. I need why the why. why. Why, why, why? Right. And it's is like, it because I have man hands? Like, right. what, what little detail of this? Right. What did yeah. I do? What did I say? How did I mess up? I shouldn't have done that. And it's like, it just wasn't a match. It wasn't a match. It wasn't a fit. The why is gonna do nothing for you. And also, good. Now you know that this isn't the person for you either. Move on. Keep right. going. Right. Why are you holding back on that? And even if you could get the why in some cases, like, oh, if I could ask the person who goes to do what, why they and they said like, well, 
you know, I didn't feel we had the same interests or I didn't like the way she did this. Whatever they say. Doesn't matter. Wouldn't matter, but also wouldn't like affect them if they just liked you. You know how there's that like, it's like with you and Corey, there's that unnameable thing that kept you coming back. I'm sure he did plenty of things you didn't like that you could have named as reasons not to like him. But because there was something about him, which I'll call chemistry or alchemy or whatever it is that kept you there. It's like we date people all the time that we can name a hundred things that are wrong with them, but we don't know what it is about them. Keeps us drawn in. Same thing when someone doesn't like you. You know what I mean? Like that's why the why is so not important because even if the person is like man hands, like someone else is going to be like, she has man hands and it's so cute. You know, it's like when someone likes you, they're going to like you no matter what. When someone doesn't, they're not going to like you no matter what. You're not going to convince them to like you. So the why doesn't matter. No, and we should also talk on the other side about that. When you are dating somebody, it's, you know, and saying there must have been things about Corey that you didn't like and you couldn't name them. It's also that remembering that not everybody is perfect. No one is perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so like this insane list that you have in your head that somebody's going to hit all of these requirements it's not going to work like that. Mm-mm. And that was something where it's like, okay, like I know I can get these things from this person and these people are better for these things. And that's, that's the beauty of yeah. like having multiple people in, and not dating, but like having friends in your life, to, yeah. having a community mm-hmm. around that. And so, yeah, not holding them to these like incredibly high standards that you yourself couldn't achieve. Right. Because would you want somebody look and say they don't, I don't like the way that they cut food <laughs> like I, you know things like that yeah or I mean and I know like another person we mutually love is Esther Perel yeah talks about this a lot of like you used to live in a village and the people in the village fulfilled all the different needs for you so now the idea that we count on our partner or the person we're going to date to fulfill every single need for us to be our best friend our business partner our sex partner our husband our father of our children literally fulfill every need is ridiculous. Like, I would rather talk about Dan Savage with you than with my boyfriend. Doesn't mean my boyfriend is a failure, but that's what you are in my life for. You know what I mean? Like, we fulfill a certain role in each other's lives. I have friends that I do other things with, you know? My boyfriend is never going to listen to musicals with me. I'm going to have to do that by myself. It's fine. But, like, the idea, like you're saying, of going in with this list, and to hear you say this is especially good because... You are a strong woman who knows what she wants. But to realize that even you had to let go of your list and all your ideas about what a partner should be and what it should feel like. Yeah, completely. I mean, he won't come. He went to Humpfest once with me and he will never go again. Right. Matt didn't want to go to Humpfest with me. Guess what? We went to Humpfest together and we're going to go again next year. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's great because why? I mean, he is my best friend, but also at the same time, Like, I need to have other people too. I need to go and explore and then I can come back and share other stories that are interesting to him Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, this is what else I learned today or here's a funny, you know, uh, joke that I heard or this is what happened to me. we have to have other things to talk about. Be multifaceted and Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. So now coming back to your relationship, so you were still on and off. Your sister said, I can't come to my wedding. Then... The thing happened with your friends where he was like, I want to be your boyfriend, but you were like, that's kind of shady. I don't like it. How did we finally get on the same page? And that he, well, he had asked me, I mean, at that same time, it was kind of just like, I had grown more fond of the man. Mm-hmm. And then he had asked, well, 
Now it sounds like we do a lot of drugs, but we don't at all. He mm-hmm. became a lot more like me, and he continues to become a lot more like me in the relationship. Much to your joy and <laughs> yeah. satisfaction. Just makes things so much Just easier. Just trade him into you. Yes. That's good. Molding him slowly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that, Have you become more like him at all? No. no. <laughs> He's a lot more. I wish because there's so many great things about yeah. him that I had more of. But, but you're a stubborn Jewish lady. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> I am who I am. <laughs> okay, so. So we um, we went to Solvang and we did some MDMA together. I was just like, we're doing this. Like, we need this. Um, very much 1980s couples therapy style. Mm-hmm. And we just had such a good time together and actually joked and laughed and played around. And from there, we just it was just, we've started to vibe and we were on the same wavelength. And then he asked me, you know, to be monogamous. You guys weren't monogamous before that? No. Really? For such this a long time. This whole time? We weren't dating other people. Uh-huh. But, you know, we just said that, you know, if if you were sleeping with somebody else, use a condom. And if you don't, we have to tell the other person. But he was your boyfriend. He wasn't my boyfriend until, like, that summertime. Yeah, that whole time we were we were hanging out and we were dating, wow, I but we weren't wow. mono- we weren't monogamous. So we okay. each were able to still, and I think that was also a problem because not having the, when I'm monogamous, I'm very monogamous. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not, I would still have one eye out. Sure, of course. And wondering, you know, what else? I didn't have Bumble on my phone, but. In the physical world, I would say, well, what else is still out there? Well, and you're just such an eye sex person. You just eye sex everybody. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just who you are. And, you know, then he had asked to be my boyfriend, and I said yes. And so, and then he went real quick into it, where he was like, well, if we don't move in together by December, then we're stalling progress. And we were just monogamous for, like, a few months. And so... But you had been, at this point... Dating each other for a year? For a year. Okay. But monogamous for about uh, six months, five months of that year. Okay. So, yeah. And then he moved in, and then it's been, like, wonderful since then. Uh, He didn't get rid of his apartment. That's how, you know, uh, unsure we are and we're of each other. He still hasn't? He had a subletter come okay. in so he still as in had a place that he could go back to if he needed to go back to it was a great rent control department in venice mm-hmm. i'm a west hollywood gal mm-hmm. he's a beach person mm-hmm. now he's so come around distance can work yes we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we travel mm-hmm. um and so yeah then we got that was it and that was it's been it's been good it's been great and he's slowly being molded into your vision of yourself yeah in thine own vision and um it's all great, but I'm sure it's still every day making the choice to keep working on things and stay present and be honest about what you need and what you want and work around each other because you're two adults with opinions. Well, we are very different people who come from different backgrounds, um, from different cities. We had no friends in common, so learning about each other, but the things that we do agree on is that we have the same moral values. Um, we, uh, we've we have conversations. If things are that we disagree upon, we we fight, and I don't even want to use the word fight, but we we handle those so maturely. Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever a below the belt comment, mm-hmm. and we work towards it. He said this very early on in our relationship was that we're on the same side. Like I don't want to be right and you're wrong. Yes, I want us to both be right and both help each other. 
and grow from this yes. and, and improve and do better so that we don't repeat what it is that we had hurt each other for. Mm-hmm. And so that's been something that's like the backbone of our relationship. So even though we didn't have that wonderful fantasy beginning, which, you know, we're having now, we worked through a lot of, I'm sure there's going to be more to work out, but Mm -hmm. we've worked through so much together in having these conversations of like, okay, I don't like this or this happened. And, and, and really being honest, like this made me feel this way. And knowing that like, he can't read my mind. Mm -hmm. If something happened, let me tell you what happened. And then, you know, not hold it in and get resentful. You'll know right away what it was. And then we can move forward. And, you know, I have a very short memory and I don't remember and I don't think it's good to like, you know, keep it in and bring it back. And that was something else that Dan had taught us where it's like, if you've already had a conversation and you thought about it, you're not allowed to bring it back up yeah. unless it's happened again. Right. But like, you can't just throw that in at someone again. Right, right. And I think that honestly, like listening to your podcast, listening to Esther Perel and listening to Dan really help like frame how to be pragmatic and and realistic in this world of dating and healthy. And I think it's all about whether you're casually dating, enjoying yourself on Bumble, starting to see someone, seeing someone exclusively, living with someone, married to someone. It's all about, I love what you said about being on the same side and not Because I know, you know, married couples where it's about winning, winning, winning the fight, being the right one. And it's like, you're just never really going to win in that situation because you hurt someone else and you prioritize like your win. And, you know, that's why I say in dating, like help them out, help them out, tell them what you need in a relationship, tell the person what you need. Don't spin off on your own. Don't dredge up stuff from the past. Like it should be about making each other happy. And it should be about doing what you need to do to communicate what you need to be happy so they actually stand a chance of doing it. No one can read your mind, whether it's the first date or the thousandth. You know, you have to be able to speak up for yourself in a kind, generous, specific way. And if the person knows what you want and knows what you need to be happy and chooses not to give it to you, it's probably not the person you should be with. And the thing that we both share as well is that we're followers of, of Bacchus. Like we're hedonists mm. and we always are seeking that pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so I learned, like I had an exploration where it was like my ego is holding me back from feeling happy, from feeling pleasure. Mm. So what is it? And then that would come back to dating where it's like if my ego was talking to me and saying that, oh, they don't like you because of so and so and so, mm-hmm. whatever that superficial reason that would have been, I go, that's just my ego holding me back and from dating or from making myself feel good. I have to let that go. Mm-hmm. Or from being holding on to this conversation and being right about something that's so stupid. It's like, no, that's just my ego. Right. Who cares about that? And I think a lot of people come into dating at this point with these stories about ghosting and all these other things prepared to defend their ego, prepared to battle for their ego and watch out for this person who might, you know, have a blow at their ego. Like, and when we go in on the defensive like that and assuming the other person is going to want to tear us down, there's no chance for either of us to win. Like you, you have to be like, okay, I'm going to go in, might get hurt. Yeah. Might get bruised. But like you said, don't need to slash all my tires and theirs. I can get bruised, say that's not the right person for me, pick myself up and move on. And I don't have to tell myself a grander story about what it means. It's just part of the search. I think don't try to manifest 
and say, this is going to happen, just like mm. you're saying. Don't try to prove that narrative right. Mm. Mm. And also, don't come in with this agenda, which is hard because I can understand, like, you know, being a woman or being a man and having these, like, I have this time frame in mind of my life and mm-hmm. I have these preconceived notions of what I think the person I'm with is going to be and should be like. But it's like, let go of that agenda and just, like, go in there blind and say, like Stevie Wonder, and just say... Let's see what pulls up. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I kind of will like this. Yeah. And maybe I'll get something out of it. Whatever it is, I'm going to get something out of it. And just see dating as literally getting to know somebody, seeing what you can learn and having fun. Yes. Yes. Just like you say, just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, if they have a skill, sure. You know? Use them for it. Yeah. Do you want to learn to skateboard? Yeah. Do Why it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> what can it be? Did you uh, ever... Because I know we both also love sex and we would sleep with people on the first date occasionally. Did you ever feel like that affected you in any sort of certain way? Or were you pretty good at like divorcing it from feeling? Uh, it def- it would affect me in the sense where I it bothers me still that men have this like Madonna whore complex mm-hmm. where it's okay for them to sleep with someone on the first date. But if a woman sleeps with them on the first date, then they kind of write her off. And that you know, they got everything about that. Also at the same time, like I do understand the other part of that, of like waiting a little bit longer. Did you wait longer with Corey? No, we slept together on the second date. See, I think as much as the Madonna whore thing, whatever, that person needs therapy and the right person, again, like I know if I had slept with Matt on the first date, which I didn't, thank God. But if I had, he wouldn't have cared. You know, he wouldn't have judged me. He I say thank God because I don't think I would have been as into him. Like I more held out for me because I was like, I really want to like this person. I don't want to just associate them with whether or not the sex is good. You know what I mean? Like I think we we have a higher chance of actually giving them a chance if we wait till we have an emotional attachment to them. But I don't think, I think the right person for you is not going to judge you on it either way. No, I mean, I didn't, I was so proud of myself with him actually where (laughs) I didn't like sleep with him on that first date. Uh, We stopped with like my top coming off. Uh, Yeah, we kept it that way. But that, you know, for me, I wouldn't hold that against a man. But it's also interesting that as a woman, it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to sleep with you on the first date, it means that I actually don't want to have a history with you. I don't want a future with you. I only see you that way. Right. Because we have to, or, yeah, because we have to do that because that's how it's looked upon as a woman. Mm. That if we're going to give that card, then that's what that card means back. So, I mean, there were times where it would bother me that, you know, they wouldn't call me back again. And also at the same time, like, just as much as I said I was going to sleep with them and then that's all I wanted from them. And then I would say, all right, okay, bye. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. I need you to leave. I want to wake up in the morning and not have to, like, make you coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't have to make them coffee. Which is another great power move to play, by the way. To make them leave? Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. Did it all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you're not sleeping here. No. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I want to wash my face. How did you manage to feel safe most of the time? Um. Well... I'm good at reading people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, would let people know I was on dates. If it was a date where I was like a dinner date and doing all of those things and I was going to go home and sleep with them, you know, a friend would know that I had a date, kind of like a find my iPhone mm-hmm. in that case. Um, and yeah, then and I, in terms of going, if I was going to their house, especially too, 
But that would be, and also it's like if somebody gave me like a vibe as a woman, we have strong intuitions. Like listen to that. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't feel good, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Always meet first in a public place. Mm-hmm. I think your FaceTime thing probably helps too because you get a feel for the person right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what they say. See what they don't say on the date and then read through those things. Mm-hmm. And then if you're having a good time, you're drinking, you want to like go back, you want to, you know, take it to that next level, make out, have sex, fine. But if something, if you feel something's not right, then you need to be able to like speak up for yourself, be your own advocate and say, I'm going to go home. Who cares if they, you know, get upset about that? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Go home or don't go to their house. Yeah. We're going to end, even though I could talk to you for hours hours and just keep going deeper. But I want to hear one tip for male identifying people and one for female identifying who are out in the world dating trying to have fun maybe it doesn't come as naturally to them Ooh, okay well it's easier for me to give a tip to female identifying women Mm -hmm. so uh go in there and um be your own advocate have fun and just be light about everything speak up for what you want. Oh, yeah, that for sure. I mean, there's so many things where it's like, yeah, say what it is that you want exactly. Yes. Always know what you want. That's and a- go in there, I think, assuming you're going to get something positive out of the experience. A hundred percent. It's just fun to like put on makeup and dress up and be told you're pretty. And yeah. Go- yeah. Yeah. Like have all those things. I mean, look at us. We're like, oh, like, I miss it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Matt tells me I'm pretty all the time, but I spend most of my time in pajamas I mean, it's like, I shouldn't even do this, but like I used to be so different where I'd go to the grocery store and like put a little bit extra effort into everything. Totally. Yeah. Now, like yesterday I was going through my closet and I threw away like five, not threw away, gave away five pairs of shorts that still like technically fit, but they were just that like squeezy kind of fit where it's like, I'm really trying here and I was like you know what I don't need that anymore (laughs) I still try everyone but I don't need to squeeze into things no one does actually we should all just be comfortable and I think that's what I realized yeah you should always be comfortable as well Mm, yeah I mean then again also push yourself a little little, little shorter skirt little lower shirt whatever um and then what would you say yeah give men a hint from a hot woman um to embrace a strong, direct mm. woman who knows what she wants, who's assertive, who's um, sexual, who's and proud of all of those elements to it. And not to be intimidated because she wants you to take that charge. Right. I was going to say, know that, that strong, sexy woman who knows what she wants, if you earn it, will eventually let you take care of her and let you in. She just wants to be starfished. Oh, <laughs> I love it. We all just want to be starfish. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm definitely going to have you back. I'm so happy you and Corey are doing great. And I love to hear about all the ins and outs of everything. And I just love that you are someone who kind of had a totally different experience than I did, had a totally different experience than a lot of people. And you just kept chipping away at it and going after what you wanted and being honest about it and real. And here you are getting starfished. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Sarah. I love you. Just the tip, a dating tip. 
I absolutely love Sarah's idea about diversifying your portfolio when you are dating. I think rather than sitting down and making a list of all the things you're looking for in one person, sit down and make a list of all the different experiences you would like to have. Date, one person who's going to become your friend, one person who's going to teach you how to drive stick shift, one person who you're going to set up with a friend, one person that you can just have sex and fun with, one person that likes you more than you like them, one person that you like more than they like you. Make that a goal rather than something you're trying to avoid. Come up with all sorts of fun things that you could get out of a date or a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship, and then go achieve those goals. Think of it as a fun project for yourself instead of a means to an end. Instead of trying to find everything you want in one person, which I promise you, you never will, uh, find all different things and all different people. And what I love about this too is that it takes the pressure off of one person. What I see happen so often is people will be start going on a couple dates with a fun person and stop going on dates with other people or just say, I want to focus on this person or I really don't have time. And that just puts too much pressure. We have this golden opportunity of the dating apps, which gives us all this choice. And too often we turn that into a negative when it can really be a positive. You can learn all different types of things about yourself, about another person, life skills. If you think of it as I need to have at least this many different experiences before I'm even allowed to pick one person. I haven't dated someone who this yet. I haven't dated someone who that yet. I need to hit all of these marks for myself and keep your list as a movable thing. Let's say you go out with someone who speaks Spanish and you want to, you know, practice speaking Spanish with them. Okay, now what if I could find someone who speaks French? Make it a fun dating scavenger hunt for yourself rather than there's one prize. Every single date is a prize in itself for a different reason and leads you to the next clue. So think of it that way. Diversify your portfolio and have fun with it. I love that. A reminder that if you are looking for coaching or have a listener question you would like me to talk about on the show, reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Lots of good tips and stories there. Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram. Share, like, review, rate, etc., etc. Thank you to Sarah for joining us today. She was amazing, and I'm sure we will do another episode with her. And thank you to Christine Bartolucci, our social media producer, Melissa Gruen, our amazing editor, Josiah Thorngate, and to all of you for listening and making dating fun. Thank you.